0: Robin interviews progressive activist Bill Lutz. We find out what Wendy and Mary think is awesome on Broadway and all the news we can deal with. All this and more on The Left Game.
1: I'm Robin Renee, and you are listening to The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation.
0: Hi, I'm Mary McGinley. And I'm Wendy Sheridan. And welcome to October. Um, It is a pretty busy month of monthly awarenesses and celebrations. Uh, It is Adopt a Shelter Dog Month. It's also I'm Just Me Because Month that (laughs) (laughs) appreciate a lot of ground that's a whole month of that uh it's bat appreciation month which i also i I appreciate that it's bat appreciation month uh it's lgbt history month which you would think june would be lgbt history month
1: well we have coming out day on october 11th okay so i think it's coincides with that as well
0: okay uh it's also domestic violence awareness month family sexuality education month sarcastic Mm. awareness which Mm. i also (laughs) i and and the way to celebrate sarcastic awareness is just to be sarcastic well that that really needs a holiday (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) is there a way to teach people who don't get sarcasm like how it works or is it just a lost cause
0: (laughs) i i don't know (laughs) Um, also toilet tank repair month Positive... I should think you'd repair your toilet tank when it needs repairing. I well, this is if you haven't done it yet. Do it now, I guess. <laughs> uh, Positive attitude month, and oh. and uh, and this is this is especially for Robin. It is squirrel appreci squirrel awareness month, which is not the same as as squirrel appreciation day, which is in January. You know, I did not know that, and I am going to have to uh,
1: add to my squirrel hoarding collection on <laughs> my online squirrel hoarding.
0: Uh, page just to, for the occasion um and uh it is also world menopause month and Ooh. self-promotion month oh that's a good idea i that have an a etsy store one. and we have an, an announcement for that too don't we yes i think we will, mm-hmm. will we'll we announce we'll that horribly self self-promoting ourselves all yes months. right now we're <laughs> We will make some
1: announcements. So we will be doing that. This, absolutely. Um, and the weeks, um, it is Mental Illness Awareness Week, um, which is very important. You know, um, it's okay to ask for help and to help others get help. And there's no shame in that. There, it is Spinning and Weaving Week. And it is also World Space Week, which runs from October 4th to October 10th. Hmm. Uh, That's cool yeah that sounds awesome. uh October second is name your car day, which I disagree with. I disagree <laughs> vehemently with this. I named a I have named a couple cars, one of them I just I was so attached to her. Her name is Tracy oh. that mm-hmm. I did not let Tracy die when I should' have let Tracy die. And I spent <laughs> so much money <laughs> but
2: uh, <laughs> you you think it's dangerous to name your car I
1: think for, it is for me, I yeah, definitely uh. I definitely got too attached to that car. (laughs) Mm. Anyway, that's me. Uh, October 4th is Vodka Day and Body Language Day. Vodka Day.
2: And especially if you've been (laughs) drinking vodka, your body language is going to be different. No,
0: I'm thinking about doing shots on somebody's (laughs) bodies. Oh, there you (laughs) go.
1: That could work, too. (laughs) October 5th, Get Funky Day and Do Something Nice Day. So do something nice and funky. And <laughs> October 6th is plus size appreciation day, which is beautiful. Mad Hatter day and noodle
0: day. Those mm-hmm. are interesting. I, things. I think every day should be plus size appreciation day. That's mm-hmm. right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep.
2: And we've got birthdays this month. We've got um, today is the 2nd, October 2nd. It is alan simock's birthday the dummy doctor and if you don't know who that is that's my husband
1: yeah, and happy he, birthday alan.
2: alan happy birthday alan so if you have a dummy that needs doctoring he just googled
0: dummy doctor you'll find him and that's and ventriloquist dummies not not, stupid, mannequins. not not people you're annoyed with and, and yeah. you decided they <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a very narrow field. Not too many people have ventriloquist dummies, but the ones that do, sometimes they need to be fixed. And he does it. Let's see. There's also the birthday of Sting. Happy birthday, Sting. Wow. He and my husband have so much in common. Uh, (laughs) Mahatma Gandhi's birthday was also today on the 2nd. Then on the third, we wish happy birthday to Gwen Stefani, India IRE, ASAP Rocky <laughs> the dollar, sign the
1: dollar sign the dollar sign ASAP Rocky <laughs> and 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 he was recently famous because he was uh, he got into an altercation in Sweden and um, Trump was advocating for his release based on, you know, information from uh what? Kim Did you oh did you know about this? No.
2: No, wait. Oh based on what kind of information? <laughs> wait, wait. Somebody got so he was in jail
0: in Sweden?
1: Right, right, exactly. What and for? um <laughs> oh, I, I think uh Kanye and Kim Kardashian were advocating to like, you know, talking to Trump to try to get him released and Trump was oh. sending tweets in his on his behalf and stuff like that. And so it kind of made him Oh, More goodness. famous
0: than he already was. Hmm. <laughs> How do you pronounce the the acronym at the beginning? ASAP. With the dollar? A- ASAP. Rock. ASAP. Okay, yeah. but it's just okay. So ASAP. dollar sign is pronounced as an S. Yeah, I will remember that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, okay. this to our. We have a future show about these things. We'll have to. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. Um, on the fourth, it's Russell Simmons' birthday. Happy birthday to him and Susan Sarandon, who I'm disappointed in.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say she's having some she's interesting lately
2: well yeah she's getting her way she wanted to see the world burn Mm, she's getting Uh. her way yeah uh 10 5 the fifth is neil degrasse tyson's birthday thank you for having him in the world we need him and on the seventh it's happy birthday to tom york from radiohead then on the eighth, happy birthday to Jesse Jackson, Bruno Mars, CeCe Winnins, Chevy My Chase. Oh, uh, did I said Winans wrong? Yeah, Winnins, it's fine. Winans, Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Chevy Chase, who I'm disappointed in too.
0: yeah uh, <laughs> Matt, we're gonna, have, we're gonna have a special show and just have people who, people who are me. mary's disappointed <laughs> in oh i could add a few to the list oh <laughs> well, you'll have we'll each have a show right who we're disappointed with
2: i'm matt. gonna start
0: with my ex-husbands <laughs> <laughs>
2: matt damon and uh also my good friend sigourney weaver
0: She's a friend of yours. <laughs> I I did a scene in a movie with her. Oh, my God. Oh. No, I was like, how come, how come you can't get her to come to any of her parties? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I never actually met her. She was being oh. in Working Girl. She was being in the hospital bed and I was the nurse.
0: Really? Yeah. I'm going, I, uh, Now I have to go watch this no, movie again. You, you
2: won't see me because
0: they kind of cut around me. Really? Yeah. Oh, god damn it. Huh. <laughs> I hate I hate when I when my friends are, are like extras in movies and then they cut their scenes. It's like so sad. Wow. Oh. happy That's birthday, cool. everybody. So here's all the news we can handle. Yep. <laughs> That's it. All right. Official title. <laughs> um there was that. Awesome climate strike. Um, that's actually, it looks like it was going on for a week, but I, I uh, the thing that I noticed so much was on the Friday where all of the, it was the, the supposed to be the student strike and pretty much everybody showed up everywhere. I, I have, I, and I kept seeing pictures from all over the world of just these rivers of people marching. And I, I'm, so moved and happy that 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 we're taking to the streets finally that's
1: what it felt like this felt like kind of a tipping point where there were enough people out all around the world that i felt like okay this is this is the thing that's actually happening it's not just so is it something that can be
2: ignored that's the question i i think are they
0: still going to ignore it well, the UN General Assembly is happening right now as we're recording this. I've been hearing it all over the news. You know, we we all live in the New York area. Well, two of us, <laughs> Robin lives in the Philly area. Um the the larger city-fied area anyway. But um on the news this morning, everybody was, you know, it's all traffic, traffic, traffic because they've got every, like the whole area around the UN blocked off for for all of the the diplomats and and world leaders coming in um and i would hope that climate change is on the agenda because of i mean this was this these protests and these marches were everywhere like mm-hmm. all over the world and and i And I really like the fact that I don't know if you saw this, but in
1: New York, um, students were permitted to skip class. Yes. For it. They, you know, they had to get parental permission or whatever, but it was, you know, it was sanctioned, allowed to join this thing because it's that important. And I think that's really, that's really
0: cool.
2: I just think, though, that that kind of... uh negates it doesn't it if they have permission to skip class then they're not actually on strike it was supposed to be like a strike
1: well Mm -hmm. i mean i think it's it's different for kids i mean i think adding to the numbers and having someone in authority say this is important enough that we understand why you're doing this and 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 go do it i mean i understand like yeah you want to be like working against the man if you're Yeah. yeah, yeah but i mean think about the fact that there's a there's so, at least some people in power who said, Yeah, you're right, and we need to we need to all join together and do this. Yeah so I think that's I think that's progress,
0: actually. Yeah, and I also think I also think like if everybody went and cut class to penalize the entire school is kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're not I mean, the school system isn't GM and, you know, that canceled their health insurance within 10 minutes of everybody striking, um, Mm -hmm. which also confused me because that's not how I understand how health insurance works. But, um, you know, I'm not going to disabuse that if that's what happened, because I keep thinking, you know, when you like if you get laid off in the middle of the month or get fired in the middle of the month, they've already paid for the month. For the health insurance and the insurance company isn't going to give them the money back and it usually just it goes either you know, like the, the first day of the next month you have no insurance well, so, see, you're
2: being logical that's the problem <laughs> what they're trying to do is just penalize and hurt people that's what they're trying to do no but i just
0: don't know how it's technically possible for them i mean they can I say think "Yeah, we're just saying health it. insurance but yeah i don't know um so the other thing that's happened uh the week that we record this which is the week before you listen to it um the uh the trump call to the ukraine is is getting people riled up and i believe that is a proper response uh i i you know the this the news, the little sound bites we hear—it's like, oh, this is this is like the thing that he's doing that's actually going to get him impeached or whatever. But
2: every day he does something where we say that about him, and and oh. they, the Republicans just
0: let him get away with it. Well, this this has there these there are there are laws now that are at that are being there um, have been law. ignored no it well the emoluments it's club. a matter of degrees i think i don't know yeah but well I, this, I, one, this one's a big deal this yeah. one's a big deal i mean a lot of them are big deals and well and honestly you know back in you know the early pleistocene when reagan was president i thought iran contra was the end of him so mm. you never know yeah. but uh one of the things i like, okay, sorry, Mary.
2: Oh, I was just watching uh, a senator uh, being interviewed and he was saying t- saying about how what they have to do now because they, they can't do anything about this whistleblower report unless the whistleblower himself comes forward and testifies, which should, kind of defeats the whole idea of the whistleblower law. <laughs> so he's gotta come out. And 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 say it and and identify himself.
0: That's not good. Well, that's not what that's not the process, and that's not what's supposed to happen. Well, that's what the senator was trying to say. Well, and have, that's a Republican senator, right? I don't yeah. know. Oh, you don't remember who was saying that? No,
2: no. I yeah, would, that doesn't sound
0: accurate. That. I mean, it sounds like somebody. It's like somebody wants to know to who it is something. so they can intimidate them.
1: Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. But the thing that I think that's happening with this is that um,
1: it's I think there is more pressure on the Democrats to actually act and not pretend that they're acting or (laughs) have uh, Nancy Pelosi like dragging her feet on um, uh, um, you know, on the Mm -hmm. hearings that they're trying to do um, for impeachment. I I don't know. So because that's been like a back and forth sort of very wishy washy process. And I think more people are stepping up to say, like, at least look like we're taking this seriously. And it may not be such a, um, uh, what would you say? It may not be such a a political liability to keep moving. And in fact, even if it is, it's what you're supposed to do when something on this level happens.
0: I mean, we're supposed to be a nation of laws and the administration ha- is flouting the laws to a, a greater degree every day. And it's like, how long are are they going to let this go on before they, you know, smack him down? Yeah. It's like he can't be doing this shit. Yeah. So it will, we'll, I guess we'll figure it, we'll find
2: out. Mitch McDonald. <laughs> McDonald?
0: I mean, no, Mitch O'Connell. Uh, McConnell. I'm forgetting it's okay just say moscow mitch we know who you mean (laughs) um there's one thing that i didn't put on our our list that we're reading that i heard about on npr today uh the the guy was interviewing the iranian delegate to the un um and it sounds who iran is iran is is uh is denying a whole cloth that that they did not send the drone to Saudi Arabia and they think it's the Yemenis and i'm really concerned that we're trying that that our president is trying to get us into some sort of military conflict with the wrong people again um, because it's coming into an election year and if there's a war going on that the incumbent gets reelected is the is the common Uh, wisdom yeah that's exactly it yeah so that's happening (laughs) um i like how all these stories end with well that's happening
2: (laughs) that's that's all the news we can handle yeah there's
0: one more piece of news we can handle (laughs) um because this is this it's it's vaguely well it's it's legal um stairway to heaven the copyright challenge with uh, the guy from the Spirit Band—actually, he's his, his estate at this point. Um, they appealed to the Ninth Circuit Court, and um, can you
2: give us some background on this? Yeah, Wait, I don't know uh, about
0: this. Somebody wrote "Stairway to Heaven." Uh, well, Led Zeppelin and, wrote "Stairway to Heaven," and what um, is the? Well, let me let me get there. Okay. let me get there. Um, in let's see stairway to heaven was written in 1971 by uh led zeppelin um and yeah, jimmy page and robert plant i guess right both
1: and predators. um
0: and um there was a and this other song by spirit called taurus from 1968 written by um mr where's his chords? first name it's you you have to hear it sounds it. Similar. you have to hear it. It's very, very similar the opening. um and the thing is, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is going to hear the case, and they're hearing it on bank um where meaning a full panel, which is a very unusual circumstance. Um, uh, the one guy, um, an associate professor at Vanderbilt Law, Law College in Nashville, uh, says appeals courts rarely take a case in bank and they almost never do it in a copyright case. Mm. So this is kind of a big deal uh, for musicians in general um, because it's going to possibly... Uh, re- they, they're going to define what is considered... Um, copywriting, you know, copyrightable and how much, you know, and how much of a similarity uh, that can happen without it becoming plagiarism. Mm -hmm. They're going to, you know, uh, and this may end up at the Supreme court level at some point, depending on how the appeals go. Um, And I also want to say just in, and I'm not necessarily defending Led Zeppelin. I mean, I, I, they have a link in the, in the New York times article to the spirit, uh, uh, on youtube this the song the the song taurus by spirit mm-hmm. written and, by randy california yeah mm. well, his real his real name was wolf and and Jimi hendrix n- named him randy california oh, okay. And That's fun. Stuck. okay, so cool. um, it's really it really sounds it's it's the you know the audio recording of it sounds so much like the opening to stairway to heaven and then i keep thinking about um the song hush by uh deep purple and um day in the life by the beatles Mm -hmm. have a note for note riff that's the same and Mm nobody said anything about it uh i mean in hush it's faster than the beatles version um it's the na 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 na. Uh-huh. That is in, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's in the day of life, it's very slow, but yeah. it's in there. Um, but and also, I just want to say, um, that you can inadvertently copy somebody's song and not even realize it. Yeah, when I, I had uh inadvertently copied um two different songs, um, the first one never made it past the, oh, let me show you this, this cool riff that I, that I did. Um, and my drummer said, that's deep purple. And I go, no, it's not. Cause I just came up with this and it's because, and then I, cause it's like, you listen to something and then you don't listen to it for like years and years. And then you're fooling around on the keyboards. Oh, this sounds cool. And then suddenly it's something else. And, and, um, and I did with, uh, with the, one of the songs, one of the first songs I ever wrote, because I, you know, I was teaching myself guitar, so I only knew first position chords, and there's only like four of them. So your chord, your chord changes are going to be pretty much like a million other songs. So I had this one song, and I wrote it, and I had these lyrics, and I did this whole thing, and we recorded it, and blah, blah, blah. And 30 years go by, and i'm playing and my daughter gets a turntable and I say here i want to play you this this record and it's like this old pink fairies for i don't know if you've heard of the pink fairies they were a vaguely obscure uh your your daughter vaguely, had the record or you No, hadn't? i had it she had a turntable i hadn't had a turntable oh. in like forever um, so she bought a USB turntable and I, and I was like, Oh, here, let's listen to this record I had from like my childhood from high school. So this is what I used to listen to in high school. And I put this song on it's a pink fairies city kids, which I played to death when I was in high school. Um, and they're kind of not quite like proto punk, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, they more, they more had a punk look than a punk sound. They mm-hmm. were more of a rocker kind of sound. But I got the album when I was in England, and um, and I loved this song. And I'm listening to it, and I'm going, "Holy fucking shit! That's the song I just. That's the song I had written. It was like, oh, <laughs> I, that's I,
2: strange that you didn't recognize it, since it was one of your favorite songs. Well,
0: I hadn't listened to the Pink Fairies for for at least a decade before I wrote the song, and it it's based on the the chords, the three chords that I knew. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think that's yeah.
1: a lot of like inadvertent plagiarism happens just because it's something that's so part of your fabric of yeah. what you've listened to that it is easy yeah. to miss. Yeah.
0: yeah. and and I, I I if I ever get that song off of a uh, cassette and onto and digitize it, I I wanted to do a side by side um somehow comparison. But, no, it's just like this is what happens and I'm sorry, but I never made any money for on this song. We never copyrighted it or anything it was you know like my first band and and uh yeah I'm one of these people who had their first band when they were 30 and not like a teenager so (laughs) I'm surprised about that well hey that's the way it was so Mm -hmm. um so that's uh I think that's all the news we can handle that's it (laughs) (laughs) for this week
2: We thought it would be a good time to spread the love uh, with all our listeners and hope that you can help spread the love for us, too, by giving us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or uh, Facebook or wherever you get your podcast from. Let people know that you like us. Give us a nice um, score. and Five stars. Yeah, five stars would be great <laughs> if you can do that, but we're, we're not going to twist your arm. Yes, we we, are.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Kevin Patterson of Poly Role Models. And I'm Melana Phelan, the polyamorous librarian. Together, we write the For Hire novels, and you are listening to The Leftscape. The shape of progressive conversation. Well, I'm here with Bill Lutz for The Leftscape, and I am very, very happy to be talking to Bill. He is a Old college friend. Um, I know that you've done many jobs and things over time, so I'm going to let you introduce yourself.
3: Hi, I'm Bill, and I've been around.
1: I've worked in.
3: I mainly worked in government for nearly 25 years, working at state, local, and uh, county level government as well. I've served on the Gilmore Commission for the United States in the aftermath of 911, where I and a group of other people. Develop countermeasures to stop uh, future attacks and some which have been implemented now over the years I've also served as a city manager for uh, a sizable city of 65,000 people in addition to I've worked in various other segments of government working on uh, governmental grants, administration, finance and in addition to that I also taught part-time and I still do as an adjunct professor at a county college where my area specialty is uh, what's called rhetoric, argument, and writing. And I've also worked as a volunteer for nonprofits, where I work with uh, local, right now we're part of a local group of people, and trying to get education, uh, people who need education, access to better schools as well as, say, for example, right now we've been helping out people who just need lunch money for all things, incredibly enough. And uh, I keep myself involved in various other aspects as well. So my background on there
1: very cool so i see you on facebook now and again and you are you keep very informed about some things that i, I miss entirely actually and i noticed um a couple of weeks ago you posted about an event that was happening that was supposed to happen on august 21st it was a one-day conference sponsored by a, a group called minds.com and it was its organizers Said that it was combating racism, violence, and authoritarianism, and this was something that was supposed to be at the Broadway theater in Pittman, New Jersey. And I know that it uh, there was a lot of activity about this, a lot of upset, and um, it wasn't really what it claimed to be. Apparently, so what was? Tell me more about what that was.
3: Well, it was actually supposed to sketch place on August thirty first, and it's thirty first or the thirty first. Okay, thirty first. That's right. Uh, which is interesting in itself because the. The theater did not have this post in their official schedule. Yet Eventbrite had this uh, as event actually taking place. Uh, I'm somewhat familiar with Minds over the years because they've been around for a couple years and they are set up as an alternative network to Facebook and other networks, other sites, social media sites. The problem is Minds is involved with people that are considered far right wing fascism. Uh, they may have heard of Figer Krieg, which is a group that had about 20,000 members in which they openly expressed desire to kill people, massacre Jews, things of that nature. Um, they recently have been shut down. But the the thing that got my attention about this event was on some, some of the keynote speakers, and I'll share some names on them. For example, um, you have a gentleman named Carl Benjamin, who was known as Sargon of Akkad, an anti-feminist uh, member who was... Very misogynist in his viewpoints. And a former UKIP, United Kingdom Independent Party. People who were proposing Brexit and, among other things, attacking people of Muslim faith. Uh, he had on there Laura Chen, a right-wing TV host of Blaze TV. She was, quoted on Twitter some time ago denying that Holocaust took place. He had another guy named Mark Meacham, also known as Count Dankula.
1: Oh, he was the guy who made the dog salute. Did yeah. the Nazis salute Yeah, but
3: he had a the train to to salute whenever he'd tell the dog, do you want the gas of Jews?" Oh, God. We also have Andy Ngo. Now, this is a guy who recently got removed uh, from his posting from an alternative network. Uh, he, was the, he was caught on video at the Seattle protest. Was it Portland, I believe? Protest, rather? In which they... He claimed he was attacked by Antifa that threw a milkshake at him. Well, what's coming out is that he was also filmed and video recorded voice included, in which he was encouraging members of the far right to attack Antifa, and they place him there so that he get the press. And uh, that video was released on YouTube, and needless to say, he's kind of gone silent since then. And then you have people like, for example, Hunter Avalon, who was known for actively attacking uh, lesbian, gay, bi, transgender people. And um, the other person you have is Aiden Paladin, who's another speaker there, uh, in which she was complaining, she was Known for voicing a number of things, for example, how the left manipulates children, how the left actually created Adolf Hitler, and um, among other things, about the idea that front of action simply form of self loathing and cultural Marxist bullshit. I'm taking direct quotes from her.
1: Right.
3: The thing disturbing about her is that she has over forty three thousand subscribers and has two point four million views
1: on, on YouTube. She has a YouTube channel. Is
3: yeah. You okay. As well as five thousand seven hundred Twitter followers. Okay. So this is a group that's supposed to come together and talk about fighting totalitarianism and fighting racism. When we look at this, you say to yourself, you're really serious about fighting racism. This is what got some attention to some of these people who attacked me recently, was if you're really serious about this, why don't you have this conference take place someplace like, for example, Camden, Newark, or even Philadelphia? Rather, they took place and moved it to Parks Casino in the conference in Philadelphia, and needless to say, the turnout was abysmally low.
1: Okay, so so let's go back a little bit. I want to get an idea of how people that people just saw the, the uh, list of people who I were did. slated to speak. And I they... did.
3: I saw this, and I heard about mine, so I was somewhat familiar with them, and I basically let other people know, this is who you got coming to Pittman. Okay. And this is what's going on. And some people I talked to are saying, well... There's really just a group of people talking about this. And I said, wait a minute, you're talking about people who are acknowledged basically I have to say, neo-fascist, talking in a public setting and then claiming that they want to expose views that talk about racism. Which, how can you talk about that if you're the ones exposing it?
1: Right. So were you one of the people that organized the, the protests? I know that there was a lot of outcry about this Coming I, forward, and, and I know there were some anti-fascist groups and there was things, there was um, Cooper River Indivisible. So. I
3: contacted people I know in these groups and said, be advised it's taking place, and here's the background of these people. Look it up for yourself and decide mm-hmm. if you want to do this. But frankly, I advise them to do so because the thing about this, I'm a, my, my background is history. I also serve as a, uh, I used to serve as a writer and editor and, pre- not presenter rather, that's indie. For a group called the, the Great War, which is on YouTube, that talks about World War One, mm-hmm. and I've been since working with these group people doing a thing called Between the World Wars, World War One, World War Two, and now being involved in what's called World War One, or World War Two rather. Mm-hmm. And to me, what I see happening here, this is very indicative, and this is what got me really going, is that this is how the right wing in Germany came to power gradually. They didn't happen overnight. Saying, "Ta-da! The National Socialists." It happened as a different group of people who were angry and upset. Part of it was because of social dislocation, economic uh, deprivation, and Germany lost the war and they're very upset. Well, there's some similarities taking place here as well. Now, in Germany, what happened? You have different groups of people coming together and, and ranting and raving about certain dislikes to certain groups of people, Jews, however. Uh, in Germany, there's a hatred against people who are involved in the union, union workers, for example, communism. There's also anger against uh, there's also anger against homosexuals at the time of, of Germany as well, and Jews, of course. Mm-hmm. But what's happening here is the same as happened there as well: is that people coalesce and come groups. They feed each other's beliefs, and then they try to bring more adherence to their groups to join them. And we're starting to see that process happening again in the United States. Mm-hmm. And minds is a part of that. It's not the key part of it, but it is a part of that movement.
1: Right. So I'm, I'm glad that there was a big outcry about it, and the uh, Broadway theater, where it was going to take place, canceled it. Yes. Now, how did they wind up? They wound up having it in Philadelphia instead.
3: At the Parks say. Casino, yeah. They rented the room.
1: Okay. So they just kind of had no questions asked. We're just renting space. And right. I see. So I just sort of picked up on another part of the story. Now, I understand that the um, conference did not happen at the Broadway theater, but there was a bar, also in Pittman, where there, some of these folks did show up.
3: Yeah, it was called the Human Village Brewing Company.
1: Human Village? Okay, Human that's Human Village. Cute. Yeah, that's
3: an interesting name. They have their own brand of brew there. And they gathered there. So in light of the Pittman Theater, or Broadway Theater being denied, they still gathered the Human Village. And the group of counter-protesters, uh, Cooper River, Indivisible, et cetera, and others, came out and protested outside the bar. Now, I wasn't not present, understand this, but what I heard happen was, there was no right, Fortunately, The police were very good at making sure people were cool off this. But when people were protesting, the mines group came out of the bar en masse, lined up, and gave everybody a sick salute. Oh my God. And walked back in the bar.
1: That's fucked up.
3: This is the kind of people you got running there, working there, this group.
1: So, oh, oh. Do you know if the place caters to that, or they're just neutral, or they like they kind of have to not something's not right if they're allowing people to do that? I don't know. It's weird.
3: Well, Pippin has a history of uh, this kind of tendency toward these things. It's been said that members, of, key members of the clan, lived there in Pippin over the years, um, and so there may be some reason to that. That could be part of what's going on. But to me, it seems like when you have a bunch of your, your clientele line up outside doing a SIG House salute to uh, protesters, you got to ask yourself the question, uh, what kind of clientele are you, are you serving? And yeah. do you
1: encourage this? Yeah, yeah. That's really freaky. Um, so then the conference was like the next day, is that right?
3: That it, no, it, t- it happened the next weekend. Oh. It happened okay. Later on, they had to move over someplace later on. And wow. they had to do some shifting around to get that. Uh, and it's interesting, It's a casino. In a conference room, that's the best they can come up with.
1: Yeah.
3: Weird. So and what's interesting is that uh, there are a number of people I talk to. I know, some, I know folks who work at the Martin Luther King Jr. Center in Philadelphia, and they weren't even aware of this taking place, which kind of begs the question. If it's really about fighting racism, why won't you reach out to a really prominent civil rights group in Philadelphia? Probably one of the biggest. Yeah. not even bothered with doing that.
1: Yeah. No, that's not... That's mm-hmm. not what was happening clearly. Right. Were there protests in Philadelphia?
3: Uh, no, they okay. did it, it was done very quietly. And what is interesting to me, what came out of it from what I heard, was that it was a group of like-minded people coming together. That's it. There was no discussion, discord. It was simply gathering people who were ranting and rave for each other. That's all. Mm-hmm. Which is far cry from what they're trying to do here. And the thing about minds has been arguing is the idea that they have a, they want to have a right to publicly speak what they want to say about hatred and how they hate people. And it's their choice to hate people. And when you talk to these people, people of this like mind, I didn't talk to people of minds directly, but I know some people who are involved in this kind of, shall we say, organized groups, they have a similar argument. And what it is, they have what's called a false equivalency notion, the idea that they have a right to choose to hate somebody and do so publicly. Now, the problem with that is that creates social distress and discord. Because you go to someone and tell you hate them for who they are by the color or their gender, you can't expect to have anything done constructively. It's not possible. That doesn't help the social good. And to argue that it's their right to do that is really pathetic because it is not your right to hate somebody publicly and threaten violence upon them. The society is not geared for that kind of notion, that kind of belief. It doesn't work. The only way that works is you have other people who think the same way and feel the same way or you cow people to believing that. And in this case, When you talk to these people, they have this false notion that I have a right to dislike ice cream, I don't like chocolate ice cream, therefore I have a right to say I don't like black people. Well, it's a false equivalency because ice cream and people are not the same thing. That doesn't work. Right. And that's what their arguments all come down to. And this is something that really find, to me, irritating, to say the least, because Mm -hmm. how can you talk to somebody who's irrational? You cannot.
1: Right. So one of the things that I and I really only re- it was very hard to find a lot of this in the news. It was like sort of sporadic. I saw mm-hmm. a few articles. It wasn't really as publicized as you might imagine. Right. Um, the theater said that they were shutting it down because they were getting threats of violence against the theater for hosting it.
3: Unconfirmed threats of violence.
1: Okay. And that was my question. Mm-hmm. I know. I. I. You know. I don't know everybody involved in the in the counter no. in the protest against it. But how do you – what do you think is the most constructive kind of political action against this kind of stuff? Because I'm –
3: Exactly what we did. Exactly what we did where I don't advocate threatening a theater with firebombing or harming anybody else. It doesn't work that way. Okay. But I think you have to have people come together and fight back. In Germany, there's some really stronger right-wing activists, and it's getting very disturbing. I may have heard that Brandenburg, the alternative right party, has gained 18 percent of the vote, and they're growing in strength now. So much so that Social Democrats, led by Angela Merkel, the current uh, president of Germany, the chancellor in this case, has now considered teaming up with them, which is a very scary thought. Mm. This is exactly the same path that happened before 1930. Now, what's happened in Germany is that people have been fighting weight different ways, where they raise money to fight the protests, and they put signs up denouncing them, or making fun of them. That's one thing I found interesting, is fighting back people with a sense of humor. There's a story I like to share that happened years ago before the internet was created. Um, It's a small town out in Wisconsin years ago. And a mayor got elected and he apparently, he had some, what they considered leftist leanings or he was not exactly happy. Some people were not happy for for some reason. So the Klan came out to protest. It wasn't a big protest, it was substantial. But the Ku Klux Klan was smart in this case. Smart in the sense they got clever. They rented out the, uh, they got an agreement to take care of a portion of a highway. And The sign said, mm. This highway maintained the Ku Klux Klan of America.
1: Mm.
3: Now, the mayor and the council of town did not like this, but the Klan didn't get another step. They hired the ACLU to represent them. Mm. So, the American Civil Liberties Union is representing the Ku Klux Klan for the right to rent a highway, saying that this highway is maintained by the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. So, the Maritime said, Let them do this. I'm not going to argue at this point, but I have my own response and nobody knew what he did until the day of the event. When people gathered, including the Klan, they had two signs covered in cloth. They had the Klan, they had the sign they uncovered said, this highway the Klu Klux Klan America, and people booed and didn't like this, and the Klan cheered, and was happy. Then they uncovered the other sign. The other sign, this highway's been renamed the Mark Luther King Jr. Memorial Highway. Perfect. And then, and then mayor and says, as per your agreement, as per your demand, you said if we have, could not back out this agreement, because it is harvest state program, we're to pay you $100,000. So we're going to we're place upon you a fine of $10,000 a week if you fail to keep this highway clean. And the agreement's for one year. Pending you clean this highway, you have to pay us $100,000 to get out of the contract. Gentlemen, I look forward to keeping the road clean. I will check it every day. <laughs> Within three weeks, the Klan paid $100,000. To get out. And that branch went bankrupt. Wow. So there are ways of fighting back without having to throw a stick or a rock or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And this is what we have to be willing to do. These people who think like this are angry. You have to look at two ways. You have to look at the root cause, why they're angry. And part of it is because racism is taught to kids. It's carried on. The other part, too, is that there is a growing sense of people who feel, in a way, they feel disconnected. They don't feel that economic rights are taken away, things of that nature. I mean, consider what's been going on for the past 20 years, factories shutting down, jobs being fewer and fewer, a meaningful middle class that's appearing. This is the root cause of this kind of rise of activities. So if you really want to fight this... So uh,
1: like discontent yeah, in general.
3: Serious discontent. Yeah. And so they're looking to blame somebody, blame things. And so looking for begging for answers from a savior. Sound familiar? Hmm. So if people really want to make a difference, we have to consider what the people like Franklin Delano Roosevelt did. Create jobs, get people working, self-respect, have real money in their pockets, making and be part of a greater community once again.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's it. I, I, I think that's, um, those are ideas that feel intuitive to me. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there are people now who don't see themselves as part of a part of, I, I, even if you use the word collective it sounds like lefty you know what yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. and I, I, like that's sort of the perspective I come from like I want to be in a community where everyone's working together to make a better place for everybody right. but I'm wondering and I've been reading some things and listening some things that talk about people who are coming from the far right really don't see that because they don't see a community of equals. That's not how they're even starting in their mind. And yeah, there's that problem. And but, that's a problem.
3: But you know, it's like my grandfather, he was a union activist. He helped organize the case tractor works back in the 50s. That was a lot of bloody time. That was a very hard time back then. And the stories he told me are very, people don't realize how they had it. Back then, you didn't get paid every week. You got paid when they felt like paying you. You gave a percentage your your paycheck to your boss or foreman, so you get a job continuing forward. And during his negotiations at the company, he would always start out his, his discussions with, pensions and healthcare are a given. That's it. It's not something just optional. How much you want to talk about, it's a different story. But the key thing that my grandfather did, which is really remarkable at the time, was that at one point, there are some workers who said we should not include blacks or other people in our units, only white people. And my grandfather said that would be a big mistake, because once you start doing that, divide each others up. We're in together for one color, Green.
2: Hmm.
3: Do you hear me? He said, "We're in for one color. Green. Not black. Not white. Not yellow. Nothing. Green." Hmm. And that's a lesson that stuck with me all these years later on. When he said that, he made that point very strong. And I think people fail to realize that something that my grandfather's generation knew instinctively. They thought by class. They thought that well, I'm I'm working like anybody else does. And that's something we're we've forgotten. We've lost. I'm not being a communist or a socialist or anything, but we forgot that we have to think in terms of who we are in class, in terms of our ability to bring food to the table, to get our kids good education, make sure our houses are good. It's about class. It's about money. I think this whole thing about color, more often than not, is brought up a meaning to artificially divide people up. And it's a lesson I learned from my uh, great, my actually my great-great aunt Madeline. She was an Irish woman. And she often told me, she says, you have to take people like you take your drinks, one at a time.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, she had a point. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so, I, you know, you talk a lot about your family, and I'm curious about how you came to be so um, clued into politics and history in particular. And, I, you know, I would be remiss to not mention that your dad is a best-selling author of... Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, double speak. Double speak. Yeah. So there's two. Are there two books now?
3: Yeah, several books. Though. Okay. Yeah. There's a
1: few. Right. Yeah. So, did you learn how to read between the lines because of his, you well, know, his, I, I the could, things you learned from him? Or? When I
3: was a little kid, my father was with the SCS, Students of Democrats Society, and he was a spokesperson for them. He appeared in national TV because he was clean cut, very rational, and ability to talk. And he looked like somebody he didn't think be part of that. Mm-hmm. I remember a story I often tell people about because I remember this my father at the 1968 Democratic Convention in Chicago was turned to a full-scale riot was never harmed while he was there because he had a Black Panther bodyguard which is pretty impressive
1: that I did not know see yeah. I keep learning more things about
3: it and so my dad and I remember growing up as a kid my dad my mother would often host parties and you have Hell's angels there with Black Panthers playing football tag football I remember my mother selling pants and one guy tells Angels was pants split and she said sold him up for it. and he was very thank you ma'am very polite. I remember seeing people like Bobby Seal Uncle Bobby people like that I was a little kid because you look at whether a motorcycle gang member or somebody's a black activist they're a person and growing up I learned with my grandparents too because even though there is a definite issue of race don't get me wrong it was always there but there's also an issue of class my Mother's father was a Marine in World War II, and for punishment, they gave him a troop of black soldiers to command. And it was the idea of punishment. And he was responsible for building Camp Miramar with his troops, as they were, and they didn't think it was possible. He did it in record time, and did a very good job building it up. Funny thing is, his commanding officer was a colonel, was a Texan, was a racist. And... What year is this? This is 1941. Okay. 41 42. Mm -hmm. And during parade review, the colonel turned to my grandfather and said, your boys did a good job. My grandfather said to him, sir, you mean men, sir. Oops, he got transferred to the South Pacific. <laughs> Why is this awesome? But that was a lesson he said. That he, when I used to hang with him many years afterwards, he, had, he knew a lot of people. He was very quiet, but knew all kinds of people. But it was all about people you associate with. It wasn't necessarily about race. It was about people who were like you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lesson that a lot of people never learned, experienced, or forgot. Mm
1: -hmm. So um, what do you think is the best way forward for us right now? Like sort of average people who don't have a background in... Knowing what to look for, these kinds of signs or that sort of thing. Just sort of, you know, just stay aware and when there's a protest or. Be aware um, when it's a protest,
3: aware the act upon it. Up. Yeah. Yep. I mean, here in Collins, we had a very scary incident the day of the election. Somebody ran on putting Pepe the Frog signs saying it's okay to be
1: white. This is in Collinswood, New Jersey yes. uh, in 2016?
3: Yeah. Okay. And that really freaked a lot of people out because Collins is supposed to be inclusive. We don't think like this. Well, somebody obviously does. And the sad thing is that close to about 25% of voters in Collinswood voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. And that really freaked a lot of people out. And they didn't think it could happen anywhere. And this is why I've always been sensitive, because when you don't think it can happen anywhere, it will.
1: Yeah. Thank you. We will keep it all in mind, and uh, I appreciate talking to cool. you. Cool.
3: Likewise, problem. Thanks for the interview. Anytime you can serve a background, let me know. Thanks. Okay.
0: Hi, Wendy here asking you to protest by mail with protest postcards as seen on the successful Postcards Against Fascism Kickstarter. 12 different designs to choose from or get all of them in a special collection. Time to do something, mail a postcard. Get them from wendycards.etsy.com, that's Wendy Cards with a Z, where shipping is always free.
1: Hello, this is Robin Renee. You can find me online at RobinRenee.com dot com. and my music is on iTunes, CD Baby, Pandora, Spotify, and elsewhere around the web. So check it out. And you can like me at Facebook.com dot slash fan. Tweet at me at Spirit Rock sexy and follow me on Instagram at Robin Renee Music. I would love to hear from you.
2: Why is this awesome? Huh. Well, I have been getting an ad in Facebook that's very, very interesting to me, something going on um, currently. Um, but I, I, I want to back it up by saying that there's a particular film that I like a lot. It's a cult classic, I think it's from 2001. It's called Scotland PA. And if you're into Shakespeare, then you will know that Scotland PA, is this um, modern day, I think in the movie it takes place in the 50s in Pennsylvania in a little town with a fast food uh, um, hamburger joint. And the guy who owns the hamburger joint is named Duncan. He was going to make it a donut thing, but then he found out that there was already Duncan's donuts. So he uh, changed to hamburgers and got a fry cook named Macbeth. And the fry cook wants to take over the restaurant eventually. He wants to become partners and the, uh, the uh, um, Duncan won't let him. So he kills Duncan in the, in the deep fryer. <laughs> and it's just this wacky movie. And he, the waitress is Patsy Macbeth. That's uh, who, no, we never know who Lady Macbeth or Lady Macbeth, what her first name is, but. Patsy sounds really good. And, uh, and that's Maura Tierney plays that part. And James LaGrosse plays the part of Macbeth. And a um, uh, Macduff, who is the, uh, the cop, the detective, comes trying to figure out who murdered Duncan. And that is played by Christopher Walken. And also they have witches that announce the things. And one of the witches is Andy Dick. So this is a a, a really interesting movie and lots of fun. Um, When I was uh, presenting Macbeth at my Shakespeare Festival, uh, on the night off that we had off, we all watched Scotland, PA, and it was a lot of fun. But now I am getting ads that... They are making it into a musical in New York, a Roundabout Theater, and I think it has opened September fifteenth. It's already open, and it plays through um, December eighth. And I want to go see it. And uh, who can buy me a ticket? So. <laughs>
0: I'm looking at their at the uh, Roundabout page for it. And, yeah. and I love the graphic. It's it's a it's a little the graphic the the art for Scotland PA the musical is a ketchup a little ketchup packet being stabbed with a knife yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um at, and you were um and the little wikipedia or the google blurb about this um says the director of the film was Billy Morissette, story by William Shakespeare so <laughs> yeah So at least Shakespeare's getting a credit for the film.
2: Uh, Yeah, I like that too, that he gets credit. It's really a lot of fun. And I I just, I'm a big Christopher Walken fan too, but Christopher Walken, I don't think is going to be in the play, the musical, but I think they should try to get him in there because he's quite the dancer.
0: So. yes but can he sing
2: oh uh, yeah yeah he okay. sings in dances. he specialized in doing musicals before
0: he got into movies that's true so, i that's mean funny. he was he was in uh uh know. pennies from heaven no it? that's no? not what i'm thinking of i'm uh. thinking of um the baltimore's the well the baltimore one with uh ricky lake
2: oh yeah yeah uh but it's uh, before they
0: turned it into a musical it was the it was the hairspray hairspray he was in the original hairspray right yeah wasn't he yeah. married to I, divine
2: and no i think he's married to debbie
0: harry no in the play oh oh he was mm. debbie harry was in the okay i'm getting confused i thought i'm getting confused i too. thought christopher walken was the the was ricky lake's dad but okay i I, it's been a year since i've seen it yeah yeah Yeah. somebody will have to correct us on this yes please please do correct (laughs) me because i'm usually wrong about shit so yeah (laughs) um if we're talking about awesome things on broadway uh i have to i have to throw to kill a mockingbird out there um (laughs) because i got to you got got to see it i got to see it in previews last winter um, and it's you know I thought that was supposed to be some sort of limited release and it's still going and they recently released a new block of tickets for probably the next year because it's
2: yeah but really good. Uh, what's his name is going to be leaving I think.
0: Oh, Daniels is going to leave. Daniels, yeah, oh, that's too bad. So. Um, that it's it's because this was this came out um, after the author's death uh, because I think she had written a play version of it that was no awful. she didn't write she didn't it didn't write it but it was the authorized version yeah um and that one was not very good and after she died um aaron sorkin wrote a screenplay and you know it's aaron sorkin so he, he's the author of the he's the writer for the west wing um and many other things but uh he Newsroom. brings he brings um a modern sensibility to the story there's you know i mean the story is 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 applicable to now but i mean he really brings it home and and jeffrey daniels was phenomenal the whole cast is phenomenal in that um it was a really it's a really good show and uh recommend you know if you can if you can afford to go to a show on Broadway and and you're not necessarily into a musical because this is not a musical this is just a straight play um I definitely recommend you guys go see it if you can um, and uh that's I I think Aaron Sorkin is awesome so and he's the reason I got on Facebook actually because <laughs> mm-hmm. he was doing research for the film the social network mm-hmm And he signed up for Facebook and then I signed up for Facebook and I think he was my first friend request.
2: (laughs) wait. You found out that he signed up for Facebook and so you did it because he did it. Yes. Wow. I didn't realize he had written uh, social network. Yeah.
0: Yeah. To dig that out. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of sad because I think that got, I mean, because prior to the social network, he wrote, a script called the Farnsworth invention, which I also saw on Broadway. That was a limited run. That was only um, maybe six weeks, 12 weeks, something like that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And that was about, uh, you know, Philo Farnsworth and the lawsuit between him and um, uh, crap. The guy who like was in charge of RCA for years, (laughs) I can't remember his name now. He was played by Hank Azaria on stage, and that was really good. Um I have to look that up. That sounds interesting. I have the script. I can loan it to you. I bought oh, it recently. Okay. Um, it's it, it would it was, it was very special for me because my first job was at RCA. So mm-hmm. um Sarnoff, David Sarnoff. because uh-huh. it sounds it's close to Aaron Sorkins. <laughs> yeah. It was about, you know, the 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 issues between david sarnoff and philo farnsworth and the invention of television and um and the thing is that all of the the names for the rca part of it i had known for years because they were pretty much uh elevated to almost godhood within the company you know mm-hmm. there were buildings named after these guys and and we all knew who they were and and then here, you know, this kind of backstory behind all of it was really, really interesting to me. Um, and it's a it's a very good it's a very good story. And it's it's also kind of it shows you how um, Sarnoff was trying to. I think you know, like there was a there was some scenes at the beginning where he's um, where he's like they're starting with radio and and putting ads on the news where he was against that and and um and and also he was against
2: radio he,
0: he was, was against, against having advertising during the news
2: oh oh because it commercializes it
0: yeah and it and yeah. it, it also he also seemed to have an awareness of what a mass media could possibly do for mm-hmm. influencing the country as a yeah. whole you know and the social network addressed a lot of these issues. But so what that- you were just talking about was the play. Right. right? You have a copy yeah. of the script. I have a copy of the script. And, okay. and, uh, and yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That's because he- I would have loved to have seen the Farnsworth invention, like get turned into a movie for a wider audience. But I, that's why I think he did the social network instead, yeah. because that was more relevant to today. Yeah. yeah. So, I get it. But it's the same themes. It's just taking place, you know, a hundred years earlier. Mm. <laughs> And I also liked The Newsroom. Yes, he did that too. That was his yeah. more recent. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and you know what? When we get done recording today, I think I'm going to dig out uh, West
0: Wing. Yeah, I can't watch that now. It makes me yeah. too sad. Yeah, it does <laughs> make me sad. Because, you know, we've never really had a President Bartlett. I mean, Obama came close, but not quite that's because I, I think the president uh, is, is easier to to deal with like the, the the issues that happen on television because i think it's that scripted. elizabeth
2: Warren is as close as we can get
0: to bartlett i think so too yeah. actually